Welcome to another episode of Stories Told by Friends. I got to know the volunteer side of uh, the National Arts Centre and what the different things that a volunteer could do in that building. And it's quite extensive. The building is, is practically run by volunteers. It, they're not only the ticket takers when you're attending an, a performance, they're caregivers to some of the performers. I'm your host, Dave Dirksen, and on today's show, you'll hear my friend Carla, who is multi-talented and who also is a great supporter of the show. She got a hold of me really out of the blue to say she would like to tell a story, and here she is. This is awesome. Hi, Dave. <laughs> hey, Carla. This is fantastic. Thank you for doing this. I'll just that was, smile for a while, okay? That it's was always, a really... It's always worked in the past. For sure. Yeah, just smile. Um, <laughs> and for those of you at home, uh, we are now smiling. Yeah, this was, a, this was a, a wonderful, unexpected call today. No problem. Okay. Right on. No, it was it was great. It came out of my um, my extended meditation session, which is uh, always a little uncomfortable, <laughs> given that you've got to look inward. I'd, I'd rather hear from other people outside. So, but anyway, it came out of the extended meditation session, and there was your text saying that uh, today was the day for the story. <laughs> what could be better than that? What uh, what made today the day? Well, I guess I've been uh, just relaxing. The Olympics are over. I was thinking ahead to the fall and I was thinking, hmm, Dave probably needs some really important content. So I looked around and I couldn't find anybody more important than me. So I decided I would uh, put together a little story for you. That's fantastic. And that is a psychologically healthy attitude. There's no one more important than me. <laughs> According to my the person who was guiding my meditation, that, that, that squares with what I just heard. So. Oh, good for you. Yeah. And so, I just got my hair done. So, you know. Right. And uh, for those at home who can't see Carla's hair, it uh, really is luscious. Uh, it's, uh, it's got uh, length and body and, uh, and that natural wave, Carla. It's amazing. It's amazing. And yeah. all that white. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, uh, it's, it's stunning. For sure. Thank you. <laughs> so beyond the state of your hair, is there anything you'd like to say as an introduction? Oh, yeah. Oh, an introduction. Formerly of uh, Saskatoon, born there many years ago, and uh, lived there for 25 and a half years. And then I was put in a silver tube and transported out to Ottawa under uh, auspices that I would be happy for the rest of my life. And it has pretty much turned out. It's been pretty good. So I live in Ottawa now, and uh, I've lived here for 33 and a half years, and we've managed to stay. And when it's summer and it's beautiful and the flowers are amazing and we're riding our bikes every day, it's like, yeah, this is really good. This is this is a pretty fun place. So my story today is about an institution in Ottawa. I know that most of your stories that you have featured on your podcast have been about people. And uh, I thought I would uh, tell you a story about an institution that I kind of regarded as a person, had a big love affair with, and then... Uh, 
the love affair ended. It went on for five years. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty pretty committed relationship on my part. That institution is uh, it's a pretty amazing place, and I have always been fascinated with it since uh, since before I moved to Ottawa. And that institution is the National Art Center, and it is featured in um, many broadcasts on the great public. Uh, broadcaster CBC. And uh, there are, are a lot of different activities that take place there. So I started there as a volunteer and uh, I got to know the volunteer side of uh, the National Arts Centre and what the different things that a volunteer could do in that building. And it's quite extensive. Um, the building is is practically run by volunteers. It, they're not only the ticket takers when you're attending an, a performance at the National Arts Centre, they're in the background as well. They're envelope stuffers and they're gophers and they're caregivers to some of the performers that are at the National Arts Centre. The prairie scene was my uh, big introduction to the National Arts Centre as a volunteer. And uh, it was great to be there when it was the prairie scene, because I know the prairies pretty well. And I got to meet the current 21st century talent that was coming out of the prairies. So my job as a volunteer was I was to uh, go to the airport, pick up the talent or the producer and bring it back to the hotel or the house that they were staying at. And uh, it's about a 40-minute drive from the airport to downtown Ottawa, if the traffic is good. And if it's not good, then you've probably got an hour with uh, these people in your van. Most of them were amazing. They were just so excited to be in Ottawa. They felt that it was such a privilege to have been selected to come to this festival the producers of the festival had actually been, they had toured Saskatchewan and Manitoba, gone to all the, the venues in Saskatchewan and Manitoba and handpicked these people that they thought would be a great representation mm. of the prairies. So am I allowed to name drop on this uh, Yeah, podcast? please, please do. I was going to ask which, uh, <laughs> which of the performers that you met were particularly thankful or gracious about the opportunity. So a big highlight was meeting Wab Canoe. Now, Wab Canoe was nobody in 2011. He was he was actually coming through quite a few of the crises in his life, and he had turned to uh, rapping to sort of express himself and and straighten his life out. And he is an amazing, philosophical, intelligent, gracious, warm, very much into the person that he's talking to, like very reciprocal. He, he, it wasn't all about him. It was, what's your artistic outlet? Who are you? What are you about? He was just lovely to talk to. And as it happened, I was, I was in, uh, I, I took him from the airport to the hotel with a group of other people, but he happened to be sitting in the front seat and then when I took him from the hotel back to the airport, we were actually alone. So I, he remembered who I was and started to pick up on, on the things that he remembered about me. And we had a grand talk. He oh, was just absolutely lovely. Fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was it was something I had never expected. It was it was amazing. And then I met Joel Fafard and mm. uh, his dad, Joe Fafard, is absolutely one of my favorite artists. So he was very kind and gracious and very tolerant of me fangirling over his dad when he, of course, is talented himself as a musician. So he he was lovely as well. He was he was pretty cool to meet. So that was my first volunteer experience. When you're a volunteer at the NAC, you also get to do fun things like be a seat filler for a gala. So they have an opening gala in September and they look around for volunteers because they don't want any empty seats and they they reserve a lot of seats for the sponsors like Royal Bank of Canada or uh, at that time, um, the high tech companies would buy a bank of seats. And if they couldn't give them to their employees to go, then there were empty seats there, but they didn't want empty seats. So they would gather all these volunteers, 20 or 30 of us to go and sit in the empty seats. So I dragged Mark along, you got to get dressed up, you got to look like, you know, you're part of the crowd. And you get to attend this gala. And before the gala starts, there's free champagne, there's free hors d'oeuvres, lots of hand food. And you're in the foyer with all these other really dressed up, highly perfumed, liquored up (laughs) attendants to this gala. And and you're just trying to blend in, you know, trying to trying to be a chameleon. And those that was just delightful if you can stay up past 11.30, which is a real stretch for me. <laughs> Yo-Yo Ma walked right past Mark and I, just like right past us. And Mark was just thrilled. He was just like, how is Yo-Yo Ma? <laughs> and he was the performer at the gala that year. But making small talk with some of those people, I wasn't, wasn't really great at it. I, I tried, but I always spilt my wine or something happened and then my foot is in my mouth and just not good at it yeah <laughs> you'd be great at I'm, it dave i should have taken you you could be anybody you wanted to and <laughs> i'm getting the picture that you're more of a backstage person but you'll fill a seat so those seats must have been pretty nice were they the the seats you filled they're they're on the orchestra level yeah three or four in the center like yeah they're they're beautiful Lovely. seats because yeah these guys have given what a couple million dollars for this gala. Like they're getting the best seats. So yeah, that was it was a real perk. So Raina Titian, uh, when he was governor general, nineteen ninety six, I think it was, he created the governor general awards, and he didn't do it for himself. He did it for Canada. He wanted he wanted to create an event that showcased the contribution of people that are representing Canadian culture or excel at being a Canadian ambassador because of their art. They they put themselves out there and they really represent Canada well. So he created the Governor General Awards. And, and so they have a big gala and I uh, was volunteering. So this is a big job. This is um, from 7 a.m. until midnight, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Thursday and Friday are rehearsal days. Saturday is performance day. So you're assigned to um, 
a group of people, three, three different groups of people. And uh, I was assigned to two performers. One of them was Eric Peterson, oh, good really? Saskatchewan boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who the woman's name was. And I had looked that up to prepare some notes, but I can't remember who she was, but she was lovely, of course. And the tenors, the Canadian tenors were, uh, were my, those were my three. And there was a really fancy Canadian female vocalist who shall remain nameless because she had an idea that she was fancier than all of Canada thinks she is, but that's okay. She can, she can have that if she wants it. She wore a hoodie, dark glasses, had a pseudonym. <laughs> like nobody has a pseudonym in Canada, but this lady had a pseudonym. Anyways, I digress. She was one of the people that and the volunteer beside me was responsible gotcha. for yeah. so i was yeah. i was getting all the gossip from her, from her so we're all wired up we're we're the backstage handlers that are that are the wranglers those people that are standing around the star they've gone and knocked on the star's door 5 minutes 4 minutes to stage you're that person but you're there all day you're you're there at 7am because you go and pick them up from the hotel to get them there for their rehearsal time you make sure they're fed you make sure they're comfortable. If there's absolutely anything they need, you go and you get it for them. You you run for whatever length you have to run to go and get whatever they need. Eric Peterson, very low maintenance. <laughs> very, very low maintenance. Uh, the tenors needed an iron. They needed they needed mending. There, you know, there are many suits. There was something just wasn't quite right on it. And uh, so like they were. You had to go. You had to go, go, go. And 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 uh, Eric Peterson was was great to just sort of sit there and be bemused by these young guys. So Thursday and Friday are rehearsal. Same thing all day long. Um, I'm taking. Uh, I want to call him Oscar Peterson because he made a joke <laughs> about being. <laughs> Being related to Oscar Peterson because you know he's got the first name in the character and he's got the last name in the in his real name, so I got to take him back to the hotel in my um, VW standard uh, transmission car. It's raining out, so he didn't want to walk from the National Arts Center across the canal to the Westin uh, to go back to his hotel room to have a nap for a few hours. So I said, "Of course, I'll drive you." So get him into my car. We just drive the two blocks and get into uh, the Western Valley. So he's, he's in the passenger side beside me and uh, I'm nervous. It's Eric Peterson. Of course I'm nervous. We're back and forth about the Saskatchewan and Coppell Valley and, and uh, Margot Kidder, how he's, how he's married to Margot Kidder's sister. So that makes him Superman's Brother-in-law, back and forth about this all the time. <laughs> so you got to keep up with him. You got to like he's pretty snappy. You got to keep up to him. So I I put the car in the valet, and he says I got to get my bag out of the back, and I've got something in the back seat. So I said, okay, well I'll get the stuff out of the trunk. You get it out of the out of the back seat. So I get out of the car. The car starts rolling. Cause I didn't put the parking brake on. I just put it in neutral 
And Eric Peterson is like out of the car on the passenger side. <laughs> so I dash back into the front seat of the car, pull on the parking brake. And I stand sit there with my head on the wheel saying, I don't want to be known for killing Eric Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my legacy. <laughs> Everything was fine. He got to go where he needed to go. I got back to the NAC. And I can't remember back then how he indicated that he was done his nap and needed me to be to go and pick him up. But somehow that communication happened. He was doing a tribute to a director, maybe the director of um, Billy Bishop, because he had the boots on. He was talking an awful lot about his performance in Billy Bishop. And I wanted to talk about Corner Gas. So I think... I think I kind of missed the opportunity to learn a little bit more about his performance in um, Billy Bishop. And so he was doing a little play with this other actress that I couldn't remember the name of. She was playing Pierre Trudeau. And she told me through the evening that she has played both Margaret and Pierre. And she did a really good Pierre because she wanted, she wanted her haircut so that she had his big mullets and his, and his hair, was sort of longer 70s and sort of balding up here. Like she actually cut her hair for the performance and sprayed it really well so that it looked like his. And when they were when they were sitting backstage getting ready, like it's performance time, and I'm standing there as their worthy wrangler, uh, I noticed that one of her mullets had had come apart a little bit here. So I ran back and got hair and makeup to come and bring some hairspray and and get that set so that it was it was right and and she's totally meditating she's totally she's got her eyes closed she's sitting there she's very still i th- i guess she's going through her lines and eric is right beside her doing the same thing and and i was torn between does she need to have perfect hair or do i not disrupt her medita- pre-meditation performance and i I chose to get her hair right. I think she was okay with that because <laughs> she, she said I, I went well beyond the call of duty. <laughs> and Eric Peterson is like, he's so excited after his performance. And I don't mean to report this, but he grabbed me and he went to hug me and kiss me. But I had such a horrible cold that night that I turned my head. And he got like my ear and something else. And I, I know it's me too and everything, but I wasn't offended. He was he was pretty excited and I was pretty excited to be there too. And the tenors? Oh, that's that's herding cats. That's just, they're all over. There was four of them at that time and their manager. And it was sort of hard to, so that I actually had to wrangle five of them because their manager was not doing anything in the department of management. He was just as high maintenance as, as the four performers were all very tall, fill out an Armani suit very well. Um, just don't care if the show waits for them. They're singing the national anthem. So the show doesn't start until they sing the national anthem. So they can, they can be wherever they need to be. And one of them hasn't warmed up enough. So he jumps into a, a dressing room that isn't his, closes his door and starts doing vocal exercises when he's supposed to be standing right backstage. I'm just like, oh my God, where'd you go? 
<laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a lovely experience. Even even if I was mostly in a fantasy world while I was there, just rose colored glasses. Just <laughs> so that's my Governor General Award story. Those are pretty great. Um, was there like was there some drama with this other person who thought she was a bigger celebrity than she really was? You had to clear the hall. Yeah, there couldn't there couldn't be riffraff standing around in the in the long backstage hall. The the NAC has a really long corridor. It's it's not quite like a high school corridor because it's quite narrow and it gets even narrower when they've got these huge costume travel carts in backstage. But yeah, she had to have that whole hallway cleared for her for her to walk from her dressing room to to the performance hall backstage. And I and now that you've asked me about it, I'm thinking she probably had the best uh, backstage dressing room as well. She, it was probably in her rider that she should she should have that. And I, I'm just remembering again when I said rider, Brent Butt came to uh, the um, prairie scene, my first volunteer experience, and his rider is a big bag of cheesies and Crown Royal. <laughs> you have to have that in his dressing room. <laughs> And I got to meet him too. And he's just, he's just, just what he is. Like, that's, that's who he is. He's he's friend. But when I made up my mind that I might have a story for you, I was thinking, well, what's, what's sort of that uh, takeaway? What's the takeaway? And I think the takeaway was just say yes, just give yourself a period of a few years when you're not doing great in life or your job isn't exactly the way you want it to be. Just just go and be a volunteer and just say yes to anything. And it's amazing what, what can happen, what you're, what you'll be exposed to. That was something that, that I didn't know I had in me. I'd never volunteered before. I didn't, I didn't know what, what being a volunteer was. And quite a journey from walk up cold volunteer to being able to get into some of the performer management just just because you you said, Hey, I'm willing to help out. Yeah. And because I just kept saying yes. And, and for your younger listeners, that's a really big tip in life is just say yes. Cause you never know where it's going to go and what, what's going to happen with you. And, and you might end up with a really cool experience that you had absolutely no expectation for. This has been fabulous. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I was in the mood. And I guess I guess I wanted to do it because your other storytellers have made me think, oh, you know, we should we should all tell a story. We should all we should we should all get get to Dave and tell him our story and have this beautiful big collection of super diverse, funny, sad, naked stories. Like just get them out there. Just inspire other people to remember what they've been through and to pass it on. It might have a moral. It might not have a moral, but just just share your story. Share something that you've done, and and it'll inspire something in somebody else. That's that's what I got out of your podcast. I was just like, yeah, everybody should contribute. Just say yes. What a great place to end. Sometimes I ask for um, 
you know, requests for outro music. Is there anything, I mean, you married a rock star, you listen to all these people. Is there anything that, that I should include as your outro music today? Perhaps the tenors singing the national anthem. Hey, that's got to be yeah, publicly accessible <laughs> content. Oh yeah, that that would definitely be on public domain for yeah, sure. For sure. And yeah, you don't you don't have to pay for that. No, and it's it's a story about the NAC. We really should be you know patriotic and uh, sing the anthem. And if not, I'll just sing "God Save the Queen." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that'll go over. A big thanks to Carla. And now, please rise and remove your hat. A huge thank you to Carla for sharing those wonderful stories of characters and her experiences. True patriot love, all of us To finish, allow yourself to be moved by this incredible rendition of the national anthem by the Canadian tenors. If you want to get in touch, we're at storiestoldbyfriends at gmail.com and take Carla's advice. Everybody contribute a story. Hope to talk to you soon. Yeah.